So Grasso, rank your top three donuts for me. Oh, dude. Okay. So obviously number one is very simple and it should be everybody's number one donut. It is a Boston cream donut and or Bavarian cream donut, whatever you want to call it. No, wait a second. Bavarian cream and Boston cream are different, right? Don't They're our Bavarian cream have the powder like a jelly? It's a cream donut. But you need you the know, chocolate frosting on the, the top and the and the, and the custard in the middle. Custard in the middle, but it can be different kinds of custard in the middle. Okay. But Boston cream is definitely number one. Uh, number two, I would say like a jelly donut with like the sugary, not powdered, but like the sugary on the outside. Like the, the crystal sugar. The crystal sugar on the outside because the powder gets everywhere. But the crystal sugar has a nice texture, yeah. a nice textural. Look like Tony Montagna. <clears throat> a nice textural aspect. And then number three uh, is the, the cider donut. I love a good cider donut. Um, also, that- we, agree on, we agree on two of the three. The one I would replace is the jelly because jelly yeah, dairy, I'm not a jelly ooh, fan. Like I love a Krispy Kreme jelly donut. That's like upper echelon. Yeah. Top cr- the best, donut. the best, the best glazed donut, like plain plain donut that you could ever get, is a Krispy Kreme donut, hands down. Yeah. A good, a good, a good glazed has to be up there. No, it doesn't excite me though. It's not like it's. And it's the same thing with an apple cider donut. Like there are bad apple cider donuts, but there are some really good ones too. So, like, if you get a good apple cider donut, like, that's that's the tits. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would replace – I just love a good old, old-fashioned chocolate glazed donut, preferably in what we used to call in England a cruller, but what you heathens call a stick. I love a chocolate stick donut. That's, like, number two for me. Boston cream, chocolate, and then I'm going to go apple cider as well. You, you really love those phallic objects, don't you? I'm I'm a big fan of an eclair also or an eclair. Yeah, um, eclairs are great. It's essentially just like an elongated Boston cream donut. I'm telling you, you guys really love those those uh those dick donuts. Very phallic. Very phallic. But yeah, but All right, welcome everybody once again to the Pining for Podcast. I am your host, Ben Max. With me, as always, every single week, we've got Greg Marku and Chris Grasso. You know the teams, you know the owners. We don't need to get into them, so let's just get right into it tonight. How you guys feeling this week? I know Doge, you and me lost really close games this week. Grasso, you're still rolling, but what, what what's your uh, what's your opinion after week nine or week ten? Sorry. I see a broken, a broken, broken, broken man. Uh, he's a shell of himself. Um, and his name is Gregory Ryan Marcoux. Uh, he lost a, a heartbreaker, and you did too. A lot of heartbreaking games. A lot of games decided by like like less than 10 points this week. And it really speaks to how close the league is in general with the scoring this week. Even the bad games were close. Yeah, there were three games decided by less than 10 points. Two of them decided by less than five. Three of them decided by less than five. So, you know, all of them were very close. Well, even the shittiest, even the shittiest game of the week 
was close. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a really close week. Can we just start with mine? I just want to get it over with. I want to pull it off like a bandaid. Sure. Sure. Let's go right. Let's go right into the, uh, the recap from last week. So we will start with the four and five wieners, wean dogs losing a very close game to, uh, he scored one eleven point one two five, which most weeks you score 111 points. You feel good about yourself, but here comes the weak side werewolves and Dale after his first win, the whole season, we we thought originally he might not win a game this whole season, and now he's won it two in a row, uh, scoring one fifteen point three five. You know, you looking at this game, I think it really come comes back to Dale got lucky that Chubb came back and actually played well. And I don't know if Doge, you felt like you had to start Emmanuel Sanders because you just got him, uh, but that that proved to be a difference. And you know, getting Damian Harris in there uh, could have changed things. What I, I call this the what if game. This was what the what it was. So I didn't start Damien Harris. New England going against a good defense in Baltimore. Sanders was, you know, it was a that was going to be a high scoring game. So I thought, you know what, maybe he'll nab me a touchdown. Harris might get shut up by the by the Baltimore defense. So that one, that's fine. We all make bad start set decisions. It's the there there were three what ifs. It was the Chubb didn't score the touchdown on that long run at the end of the game, which saved my game to start. Then I had two what ifs. What if Corey Clement didn't come in and poach Miles Sanders touchdown? And why the hell is Minnesota kicking off to Cordero Patterson to score a touchdown on a kickoff? Those are my things. It was a very painful week. I was watching the Monday night game and just hoping that that last Thielen touchdown was going to go to Jefferson because Thielen was in the front of the end zone. Jefferson was in the back of the end zone. I was, it was just bad. I'm, right. I'm on a four game losing streak now or something like that. I'm third in, or I'm second in points for, it's just, third. which one of those seasons? That's yeah. It. No, I know it's tough. You know, Grasso had a similar season like that last year. And it's, it's one of these things, especially because our team, our league is so tight that a couple points here or there, regardless of how many points you score week to week, will change the entire outcome of a season. Uh, and especially this week where we have so many teams that were four and five and five and four on that flip side, this week meant a lot. Uh, and you see a lot of them going the other way, which kind of segues nicely into another close matchup. Uh, my team, the broken clock corollary, we were four and five going up against the fantasy empire, the most ridiculous named team in five and four, I scored 80.65 points, which isn't great. Uh, and the fantasy empire scored 81.7. So just the thinnest of margins won that game. And now you're looking at very, different outlooks for both teams you know uh Deej had Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill on a bye so this was a winnable week I had most of my starting running backs out uh and I could have done something that's why I made the trade for Jarek McKinnon and it just wasn't enough uh even though I had Rex Burkhead and Matt Stafford on my bench that would have done better there was no reason I would have started them over Deshaun Watson or any of my running backs so it's just one of those tough losses I'm now four and six I gotta I gotta go with it it's just hard hit for both of you this week. You guys were kind of kind of had some momentum. You looked you, everybody. Both of your teams were looking up and this is kind of just like really just push pump the brakes uh, a, a full stop. Uh, all stop on uh, both of your teams, really. And it's and, and you, Greg, it was more of uh, there was a couple of things that could happen. Just unlucky. You got bit by like the unlucky bug this week. And Ben, there's no way you would have ever made those starts. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Deshaun Watson hasn't been great this year. It was a bad quarterback game for both of you. That's what I really think attributed to the low scores. So, I mean, 
again, no one's going to blame me for starting Deshaun Watson, who is a top five or six quarterback skill-wise in the league. Um, it was just another close game. There was, again, there were a lot of close games this week. Um, and that, again, Ben, on Monday, or, uh, Monday night, you must have just been praying for uh, – uh, no points in the Bears offense. Well, I couldn't believe that he had two starters. And I think, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy Grant threw up a goose egg. Mm-hmm. And like I saw that and I thought, oh, there, there's one chance. He only needed one catch and he got that one catch. Uh, his, his other starter got one catch early in the game. I thought that was it. I was praying. I never pray for this, but I was praying all game that somebody would get a fumble. And it never happened. Uh, so yeah, I took yeah, the L there. It was it was Daryl Mooney, right? It was Daryl Mooney. There we go. Yeah, he had one catch or two catches, but it. yeah, catches. but yeah, that's I, all he needed. Though that that half point PPR. If this was not a half point PPR league, I would have I would have won this week. But we are these are our rules, and I'm fine with that. I like it. Uh, this so is yeah. the way. <laughs> it is the way. So we will move on from this score because I think me and Doge just want to put this week behind us. We're going to move on to another close game. The uh, Sack Sniffers, who have been sneakily a good team, even though Spencer's management style has left a lot to be desired. He scored 114.2 points this week, but it wasn't enough against the Show Me Atides, who scored 115.25. Uh, another close game. And you got to wonder if Spencer had started Juju over Tyler Boyd, which some weeks you could make that decision. And especially in an interdivision game with the Steelers against the Bengals, and they always play each other tough. As a Steelers fan, I know those games are usually brutal. And the Steelers have won nine of those in a row. I might have gone with Juju, but I, I don't know. That's just me. Jimmy's team really showed up this week. Yeah, Jimmy's team really did show up this week. His was a Wayne Gallman really carrying the weight for him this week. Uh, those Giants, fantasy relevant finally again, um, like actually doing, looking fantasy relevant again, even without Saquon there. Uh, Danny Dimes is looking pretty good, like a pretty good pickup if he's um, available. And, and you know, like that kid looked good. He looked good. He looked quick. He looked, he looked level-headed in the box, you know, and – Who's to say that he's not his start over Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the season? I mean, that might be a little exaggeration, especially I I read that Andy Dalton's coming back. So that could change the outlook for the Cowboys as well. They just haven't had a quarterback. So that's really affected the running game. Yeah, Uh, I just, I just, the Bears offense being so bad really saved Jimmy with with that Minnesota defense, Um, which is, again, I think it's a great start against that that terrible, terrible offense. Um, But, yeah, again, this is an exciting week overall. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just – we'll quickly breeze through uh, uh, one of our – one of our two blowouts this week. Uh, The Moose Mayhem at three and six went up against our very own Two Beers Too Deep, and as expected, Two Beers Too Deep scored 126.45 to Moose's paltry 75.3. You can see Moose's team is falling backwards, a lot of single-digit scores. Uh, There's He just ran into another buzzsaw. He he got Christian McCaffrey back for one week. And Grasso's team just keeps rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. So, yeah, so uh, Grasso, you can pat yourself on the back. Your team did well again. Uh, we don't like to talk about it too much. So we'll, we'll give you a few seconds to say some words before we move on. Uh, it's one of those things where it's just like another week. Um, certain players showed up. Dalvin Cook is 
did average this week. Um, there's still holes. There's still holes, and that team, that two beers two deep team, can still be beaten. Um, and it is not a Goliath, you know. It's not something crazy. It it can be beaten, and it, it, there are holes. So it does make me nervous going into the playoffs with other more well-rounded teams. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got 20 points out of Diggs and 18 out of Theon. I mean, you're not going to have Diggs this week. Your your matchup is surprisingly close against the uh, the Werewolves, but we'll get into that a little later uh, in, in the matchup. But yeah, yeah, with no Diggs this week. But again, your team showed up. You just, you keep scoring 110, 115 points a week. I think we're going to go into a little bit more of a stat dive later. So we'll save that. But so we're going to move on to the other blowout of this week. And he's one of the better teams, you know, our defending champion, the Fitz Magic, showed up at six and three, scoring 153 points against the Big X Bashers, uh, who only could muster 94.1 points. I got to ask you guys, and I know this is another one that's going to stick in your craw, Doge, but do, have we all been sleeping on Naheem Hines? What is going on there? Is, is he for real? He's only had three big games. Yeah, but in a row, right? No, no. He had week one where he sat on my bench and would have won me the game. So let's not talk about that again. Um, and then the last two weeks, I, th- I mean, I mean, we all watched the game on Thursday. I mean, I watched the game on Thursday, and he just the only word I can use to describe how well he played was he was just elusive. Like, yeah, he looked good. I mean, I, the, their head coach said he looked into him in, in, in Heinz's eyes and he saw fire. Like, right. he just, like he's the hot hand. I got to get what a quote. So I, I mean, it didn't it didn't start well for the Bashers. On Thursday night, it was, you know, he started the Colts defense. He started Naheem Hines and Eccles tight end, I think had one catch or no catches, whatever it may be. It was just a, Eccles didn't have a terrible week. Fit. It was just, again, one of those weeks where Fitz had an awesome, great scoring week. All right. Well, and also, you know, I mean, there's a good chance that Drew Brees ended his career this weekend. Like you break five ribs and you collapse a lung. (laughs) I don't know if he's ever coming back. And, but this yeah. is also like keep an eye out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody already has. I haven't looked at the waivers for Jameis Winston. I think he's in line for a huge week this week. I, when I checked this morning, he was still on the wires. You may have changed. Trust. You you uh, um, you can trust Sean Payton to use the weapons that Jameis has. So Jameis is not going to be put in a situation where he's going to be throwing into coverage. Jameis is going to read the coverage. He's going to dump the ball. It's going to be a huge week for Alvin Kamara. And Latavius Murray. That's who's going to have a huge week. You know, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. I really think I know this is silly to say, but if you take away half of Jameis Winston's interceptions last year, he had an amazing season. I mean, he did throw 30 interceptions, which is outrageous. But he threw for like 5,000 yards last year, and he 30 threw touchdowns. For 30 touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. So he had a good year, except for those interceptions. So if you just limit that a little bit, he was a fantastic quarterback. Uh, and Sean Payton is the kind of quarterback whisperer that he can do those things. You saw what he what he's been doing with Taysom Hill, what he did with Teddy Bridgewater when he was there. So you know that he's he's a guy to keep an eye on. He threw 30 interceptions with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans catching the ball. He also yeah. threw 30 touchdowns. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is, is, is he has he has some of the best 50-50 ball guys in the game on his team last year, and he still throws 30 interception. That's his decision-making. And I think Peyton is going to be making the decisions, and Winston is in the system, and he is going to follow what Peyton says, which is check the ball down, give it to Kamara, give it to Latavius Murray. Right. Give it to Taysom Hill on some wonky shit. 
And as, as you can see with the game we're talking about here, with Drew, with Drew Brees basically dying on the field, they fed the ball to Kamara and he scored 30 points for Fitz. So we can expect more of the same. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. So and on uh, we'll, that kid, just for one second, that kid, I said it last week. That kid is very, very athletic, um, and he is going to be successful. They're, if they give him the carries, he's going to be successful the rest of the season. I think, well, I think he definitely showed that, um, especially up against a, a, a relatively stout Tennessee defense. Yeah, they're not well, great, we'll, but they're relatively stout. We'll see. We'll definitely see. All right, so we'll move on to maybe the most pathetic game we've ever had in this league. I mean, it was just, it was just doo doo. So, it was uh, the two uh, lowest scores of the season, and it wasn't even close. Yes. Yeah, let me talk about the teams first. So we're obviously talking about the Vinzaloons uh, going up against the Keeks to success. The Vinzaloons were five and four this game. They scored 56.9. Now you hear that 56.9. He must have lost, but no, the Keeks to success found a way to score 49.1. And it was just, uh, it was awful. Let me, let me ask you, do you know, I, I know I hate giving him credit. I'm sure you guys do too, but did Eckel know what he was doing with get trading away DK Metcalf? Cause he's done nothing since he's been traded. It was one game. It was one game. Seattle didn't have a good game. Anyways, they're going against a very good defense in the, in the Los Angeles Rams. You know, I, I, I think it was one game. I DK is not dead to me. DK is a uh, superhuman. I just think it was, you know, you can't, you can't score two touchdowns in a hundred yards every single game. Right. And like I always say every week, it's it's usually a flip flop between DK and Lockett. And this week, the Seahawks didn't go off and score four touchdowns, so they couldn't split four touchdowns. So Lockett got the lion's share this week and <laughs> helped Vinny win because right. he was one of the only players on Vinny's team that did anything. Now, do you think Vinny should be worried about Derrick Henry as well? I mean, Russell bounced back, but Derrick Henry, I mean, he scored the past couple weeks six points and 11 points. Granted, he did rush for over 100 yards, but he didn't get in the end zone. So, And he never catches the ball. I mean, he averages 18 receptions a year. So in our league, that doesn't really help him that much. So I don't know. And again, Connor, you know, the Steelers receivers this year, they're really – not emphasizing the run at all, even though they rushed for 150 yards, they, they rushed with Claypool. They rushed with Benny Snell. They're really de-emphasizing James Conner there. So I think Vinny might be trouble in his running backs. The Steelers are a very talented all around team and they will give anyone and everyone the ball. Um, They're making big Ben look really, really good. Um, I mean, big Ben is really, really, I mean, he's a hall of famer for sure. Hall of fame quarterback album. There's we're not having an argument here. (laughs) their wide receiver core is so good and they have so many weapons they can put the ball in literally anybody's hands and there's a playmaker so you can't you can't trust any of that pittsburgh offense to have consistent fantasy relevance right well i mean except even with the wide receivers but between deontay johnson chase claypool now and uh and Juju Smith-Schuster, and even Eric Ebron, you don't know who's going to be the big guy every week there because it can be any of them. It's whoever draws the least amount of coverage because they're all so good. They are all top. They are all top tier receivers, and it's whoever draws the coverage that week. So you really got to look at the matchup 
and the defense and the scheme of that defense and really take a deep dive and yeah, see who's going to play that week. It's going to be really tough figuring out who, which one of them to draft first next year. They're all probably going to be benched in like the third and fourth round all around each other, and you're not going to know who to pick. It's going to be a lottery. So, yeah, so that, uh, that wraps up our wrap-up from last week. Uh, so we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we'll go into the power rankings. And now, a message from the Balage Barrage. The Mayhem Hope, you're ready, Mr. Max. We're going to be breaking so many clocks this week, you'll have no idea what time it is. And it'll be all courtesy of Mr. Kalen Balage, another stellar waiver wire pickup. You will run like hell this week. Paid for by the committee that just realized Moose had three glasses of wine. All right. Uh, So we'll see how that works uh, going and we'll talk about that matchup in a little while. But we've got quite a bit of movement this week in the power rankings. Uh, A lot of changes. We've got a new number 12 uh, for the first time all season, uh, which we may have to talk to him a little later. We'll find out. Uh, And uh, the top of the league has changed a little bit. So I'll just I'll go through it and then we'll talk about it. So as mentioned, we have a new number 12 this week. It is, uh, after a pathetic loss, as we just mentioned, it's the keys to success. Uh, moving up after two consecutive wins at 11 is the weak side werewolves uh, staying pat at number 12. He moved back a little bit, uh, but you know he's been floating around the bottom is the Moose Mayhem at 10. A big X Bashers comes in at the 9. The Broken Clock Corollaries still hovering around 8. Wiener's Wean Dogs is still basically where he was last week at number seven. Spencer Sack Sniffers at number six. Uh, dropping a few spots to number five is the Vinzaloons. Dropping a bit, even though he won, is the Fantasy Empire to four. Moving up quite a bit because he's been pretty good recently is Show Me a TDs. Uh, and knocking at the door at number one, uh, at number two, is Fitz Magic. And as he has been since we started these power rankings, doing his shoulder shimmy uh, for those at home that can't see this, it's two beers too deep. Uh, mm. Again, uh, just steamrolling the league. You know, this this reminds me of when I first came into the league and nobody could stop me. I don't know if anybody can stop Grasso this year. We'll see because you know if you look at uh, if you look at the matchup this week, it's it's really close. So he he could he could lose again. You don't know. I mean, if Dalvin Cook breaks a leg, you know, it's all over. Let's just hope Dale wins so that Grasso won't do that shimmy. But then if Grasso is not number one, that means that probably Fitz would be number one, which would then mean I lost badly. So let's not hope that happens. Grasso, don't lose by too much. So you want me to lose by like, but then by like just a little bit. I want yeah, you to like lose a, by bench points. No, I want you, yeah, yeah, I want to be like 121 to 120. And then Fitz loses, you know, by 60 points to me. That would be my dream. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I mean, these power rankings are like, I mean, I look at them and I see the middle of this league and the bottom half of the playoffs are still wide open, right? It's 16 playoff. It's still wide open for me. Um, and I think I think it's still anyone's, we still got three weeks left and it's still anybody's, anybody's spot to grab. And um, even though that two beers too deep has been ranked number one for a couple of weeks. They, they still have some like chinks in the armor and there's, they could, they could have lost it. I could have lost this week if I played fits for sure. 
and that's every week is like either Fitz or Deej or Vinny can score 145 points. Yeah, that's you a know, real well, real reality. Well, and the truth is, you know, we I mean, even though if you look at overall points scored, and I think we're gonna do a day to die pretty soon, you you have 80 points on the number two person who is Fitz. Uh, but that's still week to week, you know, anything can, like you said, it's an any given week sort of thing. You're not blowing everybody away every single week. And, you know, this is still part of the main part of our buys. So when we get out of all of our buys and everybody has their team at full strength, then we're going to have a better idea of how teams are going to be looking in the playoffs. The, the, the top few spots in the playoffs are pretty secure right now, but the bottom three spots are up for grabs between six or seven teams. So no, no real surprises here. It's going to for... be tight. It's going to be tight. I mean, I, I've looked at, you know, again, I'm trying to see my own path to the playoffs. If I win out, that means I knock out Ben and Echo because I played them the last two weeks and Echo and I would be tied on record. Ben, I'd probably have a better record than you. No, we'd have the same record. If, no, I'd have one more. You'd have a better record than me if you beat I'd have a better record than you. So if I win out, I just need Vinny or Spencer to then drop and then I am in the playoffs. So it's just, it's so tight. You know, Ben, if you win out, you right. have a ton of points as well. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you know, you have a great shot of getting in. It really is week 13. I mean, Ben, we play each other week 13. That it's going to be, it's going to be a huge week. If we, if we win our next two games, it could be a make or break playoff matchup. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Fitz somehow just decides to sit all of his players. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe Steph gets mad at him and just like drops his whole team. I don't know. <laughs> One can hope. We can hope. Maybe I can bribe her. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you if that job, that's the only way that this is going to happen for you is if there's some sort of an inside job with Fitz's team, because his team is, is great. His team is great. And our, the- our pre playoff podcast is going to be very contentious between me and you, Doge. I hope about- you guys have two hours. I hope you guys have two hours ready to go um, for that, yeah. for that post week 13 matchup. Oof. Yeah. I mean, a lot to discuss. And you look at the schedule. Yeah, you have Fitz coming up, which is tough for you, and then Eckle and then me. So you have got one easy. I mean, Eckle's team has gotten quite a bit better, so he's not the pushover that he has been earlier. I've got Moose this week, who he thinks Kalen Balaj is going to do it, but we're going to see. And then I face Jimmy and you. So it's not an easy road for anybody. You know, it's it's going to be difficult going, uh, tough road to hoe, so to speak. So yeah, we've right got now, right now as it sits. I mean, the bottom of the playoff bracket is Spencer, Jimmy, Vinny, and Deej. And that's the bottom, and with Fitz and I at the top, one and two. So that's, but that can change literally next week. Yeah. I mean, pretty much the only one guaranteed a spot right now is you. Eight wins is going to be the playoff. Like, you, you, if you lose out, you're still going to be eight and five, and you will be in the playoffs. You bite your tongue with that voodoo witchcraft you're saying over the microphone lose out Ooh. i'm very nervous this weekend against dale he's really been uh he's really been on fire he's really been rolling and he makes me <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that that statement was just ridiculous so so we've got some data to go into here. Uh, uh, Doge, I think you, you crunched some numbers from it. Uh, d- is it data or data? I think it's, it's I said data. It's data. If you're from Maine, it's data. They add an R. Don't ask me why. They're weird. Uh, is, is that like Crick Creek sort of thing? Sort of. Uh, but yeah, me and uh, the, the fellows over at uh, PFA, Pining 4 Analysis, uh, Analytics, uh, has done some deep dive. So I always thought that points four is a barometer for how good your team has been over the year, but not necessarily a great 
idea of maybe where have you where have you fallen. So like for example, Vinny has is the six points four, um, so on and so forth. But remember, he scored 180 points that one week. If you drop him down to 130, still a very strong week, but not as good as 180 points, he drops down to the eighth most points four. So I think points four could can tell you a little bit of a, of a lie. So what I've done is I've gone through and I've ranked every single player's score throughout the weeks and seen kind of where people have had, you know, high ranking. So, you know, the most points in that week is the first rank, second most points that week is second rank, so on and so forth. So to give you some idea, the average total the kind of standings is, you know, most players are within about one place between about 5.5 and 6.6. So there's a lot of us that are kind of in the middle, usually end up in the middle of the scoring throughout the week. You have three really bottom tier teams. And I think we all know who those are. That is Moose, Dale, and Keegan. Keegan at 7.3 is an average finishing spot. And then Moose and Dale are both in the eights, 8.3 and 8.5. So if, if, I might, if I might pause you for a second, just so I can understand this a little better, and yes. hopefully our listeners at home can understand, you're saying that these places are per week where they're finishing in the point standing. So for, Keegan, so for Keegan, you said he's averaged eighth place in total points per week. So every week he's finished average eighth. That's seventh. Yes. Keegan's seventh, at seventh, okay. Moose and yeah. So if you again, look at again, if you, if you were to rank every team one through 12, kind of where would everyone fit so the one outlier is really christopher john grasso uh christopher grasso he again he has an average of 3.9 as his average finishing position that being said if you take his average rank if you just take out the average rank out because he has his two lowest were a 12th place finish and a 10th place finish those are in his two losses every other week he's been in the top three besides week six where he finished fifth so he's been in the top five scoring wise almost all season, which is unbelievable to think about that Grosso's had. Again, he would have beaten almost everybody in the league every single week besides his two losses, which were, were really good losses. And I really wanted to think about this because Ben and I have had the shittiest seasons because again, we're very high in the points for I'm second, Ben is third or third or fourth, but we're in the second and third in points against. So we're four and six, but our teams are not four and six caliber in my mind. Right. So I also calculated where our average rankings were per week for our wins and for our losses. Your the, the highest average ranking in losses is Deej in first place at, um, at 5.5. So he Deej averages a fifth place finish per week in his losses. I'm at a seven and Ben's at a 7.6. So we still could beat almost half of the league's on average, in our losses. So, Ben, there's still hope for us. Right. We just so have to DJ's come up against doing our... really, really well. But, I mean, he still, he still lost four times. He's six and four, and we're four and, and six. So it's just like flips. But, but, yeah. even in, but in, in his losses, he is, he's done very well in his losses. That shows, the, that shows the true power of his team, that even in his losses, he's averaging that many points, even, even, in, the, even in an L. And I also think this is a, a great – way to look at it because there are some weeks you know we look back at the the total scores you know week eight and week nine and week six were very low scoring weeks so it kind of gives you a good feel of where everyone had because again lowing score weeks on average tend to have some higher scores some lower scores but you're we're all going to be a little bit lower on average now the one team again i really want to highlight is grasso we talk about the the ranking and wins and the ranking and losses so grasso's rank in losses is 11th on average. Again, a 12th place finish and a 10th place finish. Only two losses, 
but his average placing in wins is 2.125. Grosso, you're averaging a second place finish every week in your wins. Who's the next closest person? The next closest. Um, you're going you're gonna to laugh, but it's because he only has uh, three wins, and that's Keegan. <laughs> and, and that's because – You're right, I am going to laugh. In Keegan's three wins, he's finished first, eighth, and first. So in two of his three wins, he's been the highest scorer in the league. So he needs to score the most points in the league to win. Oh, wow. You know, and, you know, it's interesting looking at his win, the one win. That, so you said he was first twice. One of those wins he won against Deej. He scored 145 points, and Deej scored 144. So he, so Deej lost with the second place finish there. So like that, that's the kind of season we've had here, you know? Yeah, that speaks to Deej finishing even in the wins around fifth place in points. He's got a very good team. He's yeah. got a great team. I mean, Deej has a very tough schedule though to finish the season. He faces Jimmy and then Spencer and then Fitz and then Spencer to close out the year. So he could end up being six and seven. You don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if you if you look at like if you highlight some of the big spreads on losses and you know difference between losses and wins, you know, ranking wise, Grosso again, you have a huge ranking, but that's you've only lost two games. But again, yeah, it's his fourth ranking. Fitz fits his fourth place in his wins and ninth place in his losses. The ending is 4.8 for his wins and 9.25 in his losses. So there's some really big swings, like where you, you these you know those guys are having good weeks and winning, and they're bad weeks they're losing. You kind of what you would think would happen. Unlike me and Ben, when we lose, sometimes we shouldn't lose. You know, right. you know when you look at it. So um, I'm going to keep track of this all year, the rest of the year for the next three weeks, and we'll see kind of where we end up at the end of the year. And, you know, just a, one other point, looking at Grasso's schedule, his two losses, which he was 10th and 12th, you said, or 12th and uh, 10th or 11th, what have you, he still scored over 100 points both of those weeks. So even if his, those were high-scoring weeks, so he's – I've yet to score less than 100 points. You yeah. came close. You scored 100.1 in, right. in your one loss. I say again, I have yet to score less than 100 points. Guys, can we stop kissing Grasso's ass now? Guys, okay. it's all luck, okay? At the end of the day, uh, I did research. I knew what I was doing. I knew who I wanted. I knew who I liked. Um, and it's all been luck. Aaron Rodgers was not supposed to have this good of a season. Dalvin Cook was not supposed to score almost 50 points two weeks in a row. It's all luck, and it's all – it's a gamble. It's a fantasy gamble. It's been paying off this year. I've been having a great it's, – it's, guys, you know what? Honestly, it's a lot of fun for me because I usually lose and I hate it and I look at my team and I'm fucking in misery. And this year I look at my team and I'm like, I'm just scatting all the time. They're great. Okay. It's great. so much fun. So, yeah, so we're going to – we've got an interview coming up. Uh, before that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to have an ad read from one of our favorite charities. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little bit of a shift this week. It's not the Pining Four podcast. It's the Pining Four podcast. It's not the Leg Up Hotline from Pause for All this week, where you have a different cause this week that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, since this COVID-19 breakout has happened, everybody is seeking more socially distanced modes of transportation. And there is a bike shortage around the world. There is a global bike shortage. So... If you have a bike in your garage that you don't use, if you have a bike somewhere that from a, when you were a kid, if you have a garage full of bikes and you would like to donate them, bring them to the Albany Bike Rescue. They're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. 
or Tuesday and Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. They're in the Trinity Alliance building on 15 Trinity Place in Albany, New York. They've been established since 2013. They take all bikes of all shapes and all sizes, all qualities. Uh, they fix them, they donate them, and uh, give someone a, a way to get to work, you know, a way to pop around town. So, again, that's the AlbanyBikeRescue.org. Um, and, and joining us this evening, the managers of the Keeks to Success, Mr. Keegan Hayes. Keegan, how's it going, buddy? Going fantastic, sir. How goes it? Hello, darkness. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> Because it oh, you guys are the worst. <laughs> I thought we wanted, we wanted to make you feel, feel at home. Uh, 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 that certainly a somber mood, man. Try to set up somber mood for the death of your franchise this week. Darkness has certainly been uh, my my good friend lately. Yep, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, yeah, let's talk about that, Keegan. I mean, we've. Uh, I know you didn't hear it earlier on the podcast, but when you when you listen through, you'll hear that we have dropped you to the bottom of our league in our rankings. You have fallen below Dale. No, uh, I, we, we talked about it. We debated. Uh, but this is this is where you've landed for us after a, a 49 point drubbing. Uh, so, you know. You're kind. I mean, it's kind of unavoidable at this point. I think you know you're heading for the mouth breather playoffs. But how do how do you think you're going to set yourself up to at least win one game there? First question. Uh, I just just real quick. Where does Vinny place on that? Having only scored seven more points than I did in that game. <laughs> did, tell me he it's dropped all, at least a little bit. Vinny, Vinny yeah, did he did drop. He, he was he was. Scope Second of the full of the full season. It's a scope <laughs> of the full season. As a as a gauge of the full season, Vinny has not done as poorly as you have as a full season. Yeah, Vinny's dropped two places as well. Yeah, so yeah, he dropped. He dropped. Yeah, we 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 couldn't justify keeping him where he was for sure. He he had a lot. He had a lot further to fall than you did to get to the bottom, Keegan. That's fair. Um, yeah. So what are you doing right, to set yourself up? Look. So uh, I'll be honest. This past three, four hours. I've been on the phone with uh, about half the league managers in, in uh, this league. I've um, been texting uh, with a couple others and we're, we're, we're looking to make some moves right now. Um, I have two big blockbuster uh, trades that are currently being considered. It may pull the trigger tonight. Um, still got to do some, some heavy thinking on these. Uh, you know, I, as I said in the memo that I sent out to the club presidents, um, we, we had a, we had a good team. We, we, on paper, it was great team. We had Michael Thomas. We had, uh, man, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones and a whole bunch of others. And I did not pull the trigger fast enough on, um, stopping the bleeding from a bunch of injuries and, uh, making some trades early on. So then when I, traded Michael Thomas and Aaron Jones, which I don't think was actually a bad trade. I heard your guys' review last week on that. Um, it's, it's still, there's still some risk to them. I think Aaron Jones is, is pretty much a no brainer, but like Michael Thomas, I think saw some risk, didn't put up, up many points uh, this past week too. So there's that. And I was re really looking for consistency. I wasn't looking for risks. I wasn't looking for upside. I was just looking for somebody who's going to get me like a medium amount of points week over week. And 
where we're at right now. Obviously, this past week didn't work out, but I'm I'm high on Duke Johnson right now. I think uh, he's got some potential over the next few weeks while David Johnson's out. Um, I'm high on, you know, obviously DK Metcalf's on my team now. Um, he didn't do too well for others. you this week. He did, exactly. And that's what we're looking for. Now, I know, man, the whole league wants DK Metcalf. So that's what's been tough right now is uh, he's got some value and people like him and I like him. So it's been a little bit tough to try to figure out whether he's got a place in the team long term or if uh, maybe I can, you know, find some uh, a new home for him in place of, you know, some some upgrades on some other positions right now that i'm kind of lacking at so yeah so we'll he's see. definitely he's definitely the uh the girl that puts the single status up on her facebook and then everybody's sliding <laughs> exactly. into their dms trying to oh, see what's yeah. going on i'm just got rid of all the profile pics with the ex-boyfriend <laughs> and everyone <laughs> but you just got you just got dk so nobody thought echo would ever trade dk and then mm-hmm. echo trades dk to you and you're sitting here with DK and you're, you're, you've had him for one week. You're not even waiting for him to bloom. You're going to try to move him while his price is still so high. Oh, well, but that's, the that's the thing dump. though. I, I know, I know he's going to bloom. I know he's going to do great. You know, it's just a question of whether or not I can utilize that to rather than like embolden one specific position with DK Metcalf, maybe I can spread out the, spread the love a bit, you know, to a couple of other different positions. So that's, that's where we're at. So you mentioned earlier about the, uh, that press release you sent out. Uh, you definitely seemed angry. Uh, do you think it was a little much to include the players' wives? <laughs> uh, those are not the players' wives, to be clear. Those are the players' mothers, okay? Because oh, well, that, I, think that's, I think that's worse. Poorly they did. <laughs> I think that's worse. <laughs> um, I don't think it was too much. I wanted to send a message. their moms into it, dude? I absolutely did. I, I looked up every single one of their moms, and I made sure that they got that message. Um, I, I think the performances were abysmal, to say the least. Um, I, they know where we're at in the league right now. We're, you know, in a position where mouth breather trophy doesn't look that far off right now. And uh, they decided to put 49 points up against uh, the men's loons. And um, I, I, I couldn't let that go unpunished. And I needed them to know that um, whether they get traded or not this week, uh, they are... Uh, that option is always on the table um, until they start to perform. So I needed to send that message clearly, concisely, and yes, with some passion, Ben. I needed to to send that with some anger um, to to make it make the point come across. So I, when I got that email and I read the first sentence, I was like, "Holy shit, Keegan's quitting. <laughs> Keegan, Keegan has lost all hope. He's pulling a Gary. What what is we what has he done?" So I, I was just thankful to read it, get a good chuckle out of it. I was really, I was like nervous the whole time reading it, like waiting for the I quit to get there. And I never did, which I love. It was the, the memo shot passion, the, the front office of the Keeks' success is really trying to emphasize that second half of their name. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you need to be successful and you got to win one more game. And, and you know, maybe, maybe dumping DK for three pieces is going to be the way to go. That's right. And hey, you know, maybe I'm an optimist, but, you know, looking at the standings right now, uh, I think I'm in 10th right now. Um, I, I, there's still a shot. There's still a shot at the playoffs. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, done, we're not done, you know, done yet. Okay. Uh, we'll be fighting the next few weeks for sure. But if we do, uh, you know, if we get a, a couple more wins in our, in our pocket here, you know, and all, all other planets align in the same time, then 
who knows? You'd you might be seeing Keeks' success, a uh, little, little uh, comeback win here. You'd have to pull a, a Seattle Seahawks and get into the playoffs with a losing record. I, hey. you, you sound like a Mets fan. We're not mathematically eliminated yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's still hope. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. So, right. uh, so we asked a similar question to Fitz, uh, and you know, this year a lot of us drafted together. Uh, Fitz is obviously in Texas here in Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. So, do you feel like drafting alone, without all the distraction and all the bullshit that goes on, give you an advantage, or do you think the seclusion kind of drove you crazy, like sort of a, a, a Stockholm syndrome sort of thing, or a cabin? You know, I, I, it's interesting. I'd say the first couple years uh, maybe took some adjusting, but. If you look at 2017, 2017 was the year for the success. So, uh, and, and honestly, I think if you look at one of the things I was um, really interested to see your review of last week was your review of the amount of trades um, throughout the season per team, right? And uh, and honestly, I, I've never been a high trading team. I tend to stick with my team for three, four weeks before I even look to trade um, I want to see where things fall. You know, I don't want to make any rash decisions. Um, and then I'll usually trade kind of middle of the, the season uh, a bit and then let it fall off a bit. And then, you know, kind of it's more just tweaking and adjusting. I think the draft day is the biggest day of, of the season. That's what's going to dictate the most, you know, um, about each team and how they're going to do. Now, when you look at somebody like Moose, who's been, you know, up, to the top of the you know, number of trades and he's doing really well. I think there's definitely some correlation there, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, being in Denver to answer your question, I think being in Denver helps a little bit, stay focused. Um, and, uh, yeah. And get that, get that win from the draft, you know, right from the get go. I'll tell you what, if I was in Denver by myself, there is no way that I would be in any shape to do any sort of. <laughs> I mean, finished. I don't know if you are now either. I mean, do we want to do we want to revisit the how how draft day went for you and how it, how blasted you were and I'm how sorry. it ended how's up? It, you, that's what going? I'm saying. That's sorry, that, that's my point. <laughs> ride this ride this gravy train of just unfettered emotional roller coaster that is the two beers too deep. I mean, Keegan, you started out so strongly. You were three and one. Hot. Hot. And then all of a sudden, week five comes and the tires fall off. And it's just, you're right. You had a, I don't know what happened in week five. I don't know. I don't know if your players got, got, you know, were hit by a voodoo curse from a a medicine (laughs) woman in in New Orleans or what happened? Honestly, uh, I should have made moves faster. I should have, I should have made, some some big name trades like week four week five um and and cut the bleeding but you know part of me was like the team still looks good the team on paper is is great um a lot like most of the players were still putting up points it was just uh you know they weren't put them all up at the same time you know um and then injuries not getting all that you know, settled out and, and really looking at how long they're going to be out and figuring out whether or not it's really worth it to pick, to keep somebody who's a star player, but is going to be out for four or five weeks. You gotta, you gotta make some decisions there. And I, you know, uh, we didn't make those decisions. We got to make those calls sooner. And so it's a lesson learned for the success. We're here now. We got some trades. Grasso and I have been on the phone a little bit. 
we might, uh, you know, might be something worked out there. Insider information here, right? I mean, you know, and I think I think Grasso. Ever since I told him that, oh, everybody in this league this year has made two trades except for you. Then he made that one trade with Doge. I think just to do it to say he did two trades. So now I think that you know he's very malleable like that. So you, you, guys, I'm looking for a good trade, man. I'm looking for uh, there's still some. Although I have the all the numbers say otherwise, I'm still in my. In my Jets blood, I'm still nervous that I can lose with, you know, 30 seconds left up by a touchdown. You know, so, there's still a chance for me to lose. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be a good segue into us doing our picks for the week. Keegan, you want to stay, stick around and do some picks with us? I See would love to. Let's okay. do it. So first, uh, a recap of last week's uh, picks. Doge, you and I went three and three with our picks. Uh Grasso, you got four and two, so you're starting to you're starting to do a little better. And then Dale it has done thing. Dale has done the best out of every guest we've had. He went five and one, so that's the bar that's the bar to clear right now. Yeah, and also, everything. not for nothing, Keegan, every guest that has come on our show so far has won the week that they come on our show. So that may bode well for you. So we'll we'll find out where we go. Hold on, before we before we move forward, let's just talk about how good Grasso's pick record would be if he actually picked himself. Mm. Oh, he hasn't picked himself once. It, that he would has be. Not picked himself We've once. been doing it for five weeks, right? So that's five wins he could have that's had if he five. just trusted himself. So, so if I had, could you add five wins to my total, please, Ben? Uh, no, that's not how it works. We're gonna need. No, to I'm just saying, just for just for hypothetical, can you add five? Am I how far ahead am I if I pick myself? Uh you'd be you'd be pretty close with. I think you might be up by one or two picks. We're we're all pretty even right now. I, I don't have I don't have an aggregated total yet. I was waiting for the end of the season, so we we can talk about that then in our in our playoff picks. So uh, let's get right into it though. We'll start actually with the one that's highlighted for me. We're going to start with two beers too deep and the weak side werewolves, which normally we just we do our Draymond sounder and we'd say is Dale going to win and no, but you know we can't do that anymore. He's won two weeks in a row. His team he's got Nick Chubb back. His team's looking stronger. Lamar Jackson doesn't look like a complete uh, bust anymore, even though he drafted him second. He's wisened up and put DJ Chark back in his uh, starting lineup. He's got Deontay Johnson there, but still it's really difficult for me to go against picking Grasso. So I'm going with two beers too deep. Uh, Doja, what do you think? Grasso has some really outstanding matchups this week. He's got some really, really, you know, when, you know, when you're looking at your roster and you see those green, you know, opponents rank against position and it's a bunch of green. Grasso's got a lot of that. So I, I'm going Grasso. I don't think, I, I don't know if Dale has enough to beat the best team in the league. Right. Again, I'd love to see it because let's be honest, it'd be great. But I, I got Grasso this week. All right. Uh, Keegan. You know, looking at the teams, uh, I actually I haven't looked at Dale's team lately, and it's looking it's looking substantially better. Um, it's a tough one. I I I think it's going to be a closer one than you would think, but I I'm still going to go with uh, with two beers too deep. All right, Grasso. Um, you know that I'm definitely not picking myself, uh, especially against this weak side werewolves team who has luck on his side and his team is rolling. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, allowed average of 122 rushing yards per game. So I think Nick Chubb is going to look great with Kareem Hunt in tandem yet again for another week. Um, I'm picking the, the weak side werewolves to win. Grasso with some top. real stats there. Okay. All right. So you're, you're picking against yourself again. Let's see if it works as well as it has in the past. 
All right, we're moving on to uh, most of the matchups are really close this week. So this this is this is going to be unique and it could go either way. We're going to move on to the Fantasy Empire versus Show Me Atides. And you know, Deej had a down week last week. He didn't have Mahomes or Tyreek Hill. Basically, his best scores on any given week. But besides that, you don't know how James Robinson's going to bounce back, especially against such a stout team like Pittsburgh. Although the running attack hasn't or the running defense hasn't been great. You don't know if Joe Mixon's going to be be back uh and you you look at bomer's team and kyler Murray has just been out of control i think zeke elliott coming back with um with andy dalton finally back under center is going to make a big difference so i'm going to go with uh, jimmy's team and the show me utds keegan what do you think um i'm i gotta agree because joe mixon didn't come to practice uh this week so that's a that's a big red flag right there uh, James Robinson. Uh, no, I didn't look at his um, his uh, bench there. So he may have some some decent flex options to to roll out Joe Mixon with. But um, he doesn't. He has he has no running backs that are playable on his roster right now. Or yeah, I, 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 he has T Y Hilton. I guess that's that's his best option. Or Marvin Jones on the bench. Yeah, it's it's that's hard to uh, in the flex. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Jimmy on this one. Um, just especially it's it's also show me TDs it's he's he's had a fantastic record throughout the the year and so I think uh, and he's fighting to try to keep that and stay in the the running here so I'm gonna go with show me TDs all right Doge I think you guys are totally wrong um I think that they hey, D just got some really great matchups again this week he's got his Kansas City guys coming back against Vegas which is a porous defense i think you guys are underestimating his options in the flex granted he is he's in by jail right now um but i think if you know michael pittman against green bay could be a really great ceiling play so with that in mind i'm gonna pick deej i just think he's gonna have again he's got the better matchups overall for me so i really i really think i really think that kansas city vegas game is gonna be close I think, I think it's going to be close, but I also think – remember how, how many points they scored last time? Wasn't it like 40-something to 30-something? Like it was a 70-point – you know, 70 points overall. So, again, I, I agree. I think it will be really close. But I think Tyreek Hill will probably score a touchdown and have 100 yards receiving. You know, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably going to throw five touchdowns and hopefully none of them to Travis Kelsey. But I think that he's going to have um, a really great week. So I'm going Deej. All right. Uh, Grasso, if you can keep your eyes open. No, my eyes are open. I'm sorry. I'm looking. That's what it looks like when I stare at the computer screen. And I look at numbers and I try to. That, that's my thinking face. Okay. That's my hard thinking face because this matchup, I think that um that Jimmy's team has a lot of upside. There's a lot of upside, a lot of boom potential on Jimmy's team, but there's also like the potential that they won't show up at all. Um, And I know that Murray's going to show up, but I. I'm nervous about like Amari Cooper, you know, can he match up evenly with Tyreek Hill? And I, the, I don't think, I don't think so. Even if so, he has a healthy Andy Dalton. So my pick is definitely a uh, DJ this week. All right. So we're kind of split down the middle. We'll see how that plays out for us. All right. We're going to move to Spencer and the Vinzaloons, the sack sniffers. 
uh, against the Vinzaloons. Now, you never know with Spencer how he's going to play his team. He doesn't have a defense off of by right now. So we don't even know if he's going to plug that in or what if that's going to matter. Um, and, you know, it's it's really difficult to tell how he's going to play his team, if he's going to keep Boyd in there, if he's going to put in Juju. Uh, and, you know, v- v- Vinny asked us politely to kind of say his team is terrible this week, but I just don't see it. I mean, I don't, I don't see where the terribleness is going to be. So I am going to go with Vinny's team again. Um, Doge, what do you think? There's a lot overall this week. There's a lot of plus matchups fantasy wise. You have a lot of really great players going against really bad defenses. I mean, you look at Vinny's team and he's got granted James Conner hasn't been what he was, but he's going against Jacksonville. You have Russell Wilson going against Arizona. We all remember how that game went last week. He's got J.D. McKissick against Cincinnati. He's going to get, you know, he had 14 targets two weeks ago. Um, I, I the this Right now, Lockett may play, may not play. It is tomorrow night's game. So it'll be interesting to see if, if Lockett is active, if Vinny plays him. I have to go with Vinny this week, though. I, I think I think Vinny's matchups are, are just stronger, and I don't know if, if Spencer's running backs – are strong enough to, to help him. Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs have been really disappointing the last couple of weeks. All right. Uh, Grasso. I know Vinny, he was very polite. Um, but yeah, his team, I think last week was a, a fluke. Um, I think his team has been on a decline, but he still has these giant pillars of points that just exist with like really broad 30 point shoulders that you can just sit on. Pillars um, of points. I like that. that. Was I was gonna say, Ben? That is one of the best fantasy alliterations. Yeah, and the, and then you kept it going with the show, putting it on the shoulder. I'm sorry, that was a a plus podcasting. Listen, there. I am a you know stuff. We're, we're, um, we're gonna so. cut that down and turn it into a soundbite <laughs> for next week. Cut that down, make it sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, so Russell <laughs> Wilson is his name, um, and Derrick Henry. Um, they can have huge weeks. They can they can score enough points to beat Spencer by themselves. But DeAndre Hopkins looks like a freak of nature, and he is coming off a huge high, and Kyler Murray is just going to keep hucking him the ball, and Matt Ryan off a bye is always good. Josh Jacobs doesn't look super stout, but he always has has the potential. Um, I think Spencer ekes out the win this week. Um, I think... I'm going with Spence. This 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 sex first will make some sort of a change, hopefully on their defense, because they don't have one. Um, and we'll see what happens. All right, and Keegan. All right, um, I got to go with Spencer on this one. So you look at you look at his just like his position ranking for every one of his players. He has three players that are not top ten. Uh, the guy has had. Uh, he's sixth most uh, points against in the league. Whereas you see Vinny, he's literally the least amount of points against in the league. So they're pretty evenly matched up when you look at their record, six, four, five, five. But then when you start to look at kind of the long-term point, you know, uh, you know, attributions here where they should be, I think Spencer should be higher than where he is. And I think Vin, Vinny should be lower than where he is right now. I think Vinny's got a great team. Don't get me wrong. You know, Russell Wilson, Derek Henry, you're right. Grasso. I think they can both score a ton of points, but when you're looking at the full picture, I think if you're betting just on a couple of players versus an entire team, I think Spencer's got the team to win it. 
All right. Uh, not for nothing. We we're still not sure if Devontae Adams is going to play this week. Uh, he he barely finished the game last week, even though he got the game-winning touchdown. He he was not supposed to play the rest of the game, and he convinced the training staff to let him out there. So if he makes it, then yes, yeah, Spencer's probably got uh, a slight edge. He does have Juju on the bench, though. Remember He's that? He's got Juju. Yeah, but he, Spencer has to manage his team. So until that happens, then we're we're going to see. Don't worry, I'll text him in the morning to remind him to do it that we play. <laughs> yes, think, somebody always does. That's what I, I did. Last, that's what I did last week. I was like, "Hey, man, just to let you know, you should probably change your defense because they're playing." You know, nobody. The Green Bay. Who were they playing? No, no, they were playing no. someone. His defense is on by. Both. No, but uh, guys, he's coming over for dinner on Friday. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So, all right, we'll move on to my matchup: the Broken Clock Corollary against the Moose Mayhem. This uh, matchup is worrisome for me. Uh, it's it's very close. You know, the, on, the only thing that gives me a little bit of solace is that he's starting three Carolina players. And you usually don't want to start three of the same player, regardless of what team they're on, because uh, then they have to divide points up. Uh, that being said, I've taken Grasso's stance this entire time and picking against my team. So I'm going with the Moose Mayhem. Keegan, what do you think? This is a tough matchup. Um, I can really see it going both ways. Uh, I I think you've got more going for you. You have uh, you've got less questionables on your roster. Um, you got higher points here. Um, man, you got the Ravens defense, uh, which has been historically good. Um, probably a tougher matchup, uh, but. And I, I really like Clyde Edwards um, in your flex there. I, yeah, I, I like the team a lot, um, but it could go either way. Uh, I, I, but I'm, I'm going to go with, going to go with a broken clock. All right. All right. Grasso. Uh, this game is like right down the middle, um, but I genuinely think that uh, your team is, is better than Joe's team, even though Joe's team has been doing very well. I think Joe's team is going to be built to win. I'm sorry. It's going to be built to not lose the mouth breather playoff. Um, but I think you're, you're going to beat him this week and you're going to be on your way to a playoff spot. All right. Uh, Doge. Uh, Joe right now, Teddy Bridgewater is very questionable uh, to play this week. Uh, granted he does have two on his bench, but who knows with Tua. Mike Davis, I think teams have solved him. Jerry Judy is also one who's, when you see that cue, he's one of those very questionable. He's not like one of those guys that's probably going to play. Ben, I love T. Higgins against Washington. I love Todd Gurley against New Orleans. Eh, maybe not that so much. He might, again, he's been sneaking touchdowns. I don't know how he's ninth overall. Kenyon Drake against Seattle. Again, I think that could be a really good game. CEH, I think, is another great matchup against Vegas. I'm going Ben. I'm going with a broken clock. Just let, let's just pause here and admire the fact that this is the first Thursday game this season that's actually really good. Like Arizona Seattle is going to be a great game. I mean, there yeah, were some good... a, a, a schnooze fest, but they're actually good games. It's usually like a bad booking, but it turns out to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that Eagles Giants game a few weeks ago. We were all like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible," and it was actually a really tight game. Yeah. I mean. I mean, Daniel Jones fellow, you know, got tripped by the 15 yard line. Um, you know, so it, it, it's been, they've been okay. exciting. All right. All right. So we'll move into Fitz versus Doge. Now this one is going to be a really tough matchup. 
and Doge knows it because he needs to win out essentially to make it to the playoffs. And Fitz's team has just got a lot going for it right now. He he played some uh, IR bingo last week. Somehow he stuck Ben Roethlisberger onto the IR, even though he hasn't missed a game all season. I don't know how he did that, uh, but he did. And now he's so now he's starting for him this week, which could be a unique choice. It could work out for him. I. I do like him at Jacksonville because Jacksonville is just a dumpster fire right now. I don't think Naeem Hines is going to repeat. Uh, he hasn't done two back-to-back good weeks all season. Uh, but that being said, he's just, he's getting Kelsey back this week, who's the only set-it-and-forget-it tight end in the league. There's just a lot of points there. And unless all of Doge's players play to their maximum ceiling potential, it's going to be a difficult matchup to win. So I'm going to go with the Fitz Magic. Grasso, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think there are two watching how the Eagles played with Miles Sanders last week was not very enthusiastic for me. They're still, they're doing running back by committee. I don't know if he's still maybe a little banged up and that's a huge hole in Wiener's team. And Alvin Kamara is a monster. Um, I'm going with Fitz. Okay. Keegan. I got to hop on that train too. Um, uh, basically the same reason. Alvin Kamara, Roethlisberger, Coltsy, even even's got uh, Travis Kelsey, strong tight ends. Uh, look, I mean, kid, does does Wiener have a lot of upside? I think so. Um, I, I think this is also kind of right down the line. I think this could be anybody's game here, but uh, I think there's more going for Fitz right now than uh, than, than Wiener there. Sorry, so you're going with Fitz. I'm going with Fitz. Okay. Yeah, and you know, not not for nothing. Uh, there is there is such a, something known as road Ben because Ben Roethlisberger historically is awful on the road, but it is Jacksonville, and Jacksonville is just bad. Uh, so, Josh. So, so I think it's going to be tight. We both have fantastic matchups this week at all of our key positions. Ben against Jacksonville. I have the 14-year-old Justin Herbert against the Jets. If any, if you haven't seen if his haircut, oh my God, please. He, Look he it up. Looks, he looks like a kid him. I had a high school visit with. It looks like, it looks like like the picture. Like I have a couple pictures like hanging in my house of like when I played, like baseball as a child when I was like fourteen, and that's what that reminds me of. Like yes, the forced baseball that he should have kept those <laughs> surfer locks. Oh yeah, I agree. But well, who knows? Maybe the haircut against the Jets will be phenomenal. Um, Can he grow facial hair? Over no. On? No, no. <laughs> uh, but Grasso, I totally disagree. Not even a shadow. Sanders was their number one running back. Clear choice. Boston Scott and Clement, Clement just happened to score touchdowns. That was it. Um, he got all. He got like seventy five percent of the workload. Um, I got. I got Swift against Carolina. Another great matchup. He's got Hines against Green Bay. That's a solid matchup. He's been pretty big. The receivers are very tight. Ridley may play this week. He may not. I do have some options um, to fill the void. Um, if Ridley doesn't play, you know, I can probably throw, um, you know, Nicole Hardman if he's off COVID IR. Ben, that's how that's how he got Big Ben on his roster. His Big Ben was on COVID IR, so he was technically uh, out. Yeah. So he could throw him on his IR. So that's that's how that happens. He's sneaking. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting Austin Hooper as my tight end. I love Cleveland's offense. They have a lot of weapons, and I think that he might be able to sneak a touchdown for me uh, more than Tanya. I think it's going to be tight, but I think you're right. I think Kelsey's going to be the, the deciding factor. I think Kelsey may have a huge game against Vegas. Um, so I'm going to go with Fitz, actually. 
uh, I'm going to pick against myself because um, I honestly think Vince's team is, is upper echelon. Yeah. And so this, this is so far our only unanimous game of the week. Uh, it's going to be close. And, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But although we've been wrong with unanimous picks before, uh, we all picked uh, Keegan to beat two beers too deep in week seven. Uh, and he did, he did not. <laughs> I think that was that was the beginning of the end. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the sound the soundboard's gone. Sorry, Vinny. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll move on to the last matchup. We always save our guest for last. So it's uh, Keegan versus Eckel. You know this matchup. It, it it's probably going to be one of the lower scoring matchups of the week. And there's, you know, you don't know what you're getting with Carson Wentz anymore. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon and Duke Johnson are question marks. DK Metcalf should have a big, good game, a big game, but you don't know because Russell Wilson spreads the ball around. And, you know, even though uh, Kareem Hunt has Nick Chubb uh, contending for carries and Chase Claypool has every other Pittsburgh wide receiver contending, I really think position for position that Eckel has a slight edge this week. So I'm going to go with Eckel's team and the Bashers. Marku, Doge, what do you think? This is, so this is this is probably the biggest storylines we've had so far this since we started this podcast maybe maybe all season. It's the two former co-commissioners. That's a, that's a, a lot of bragging rights there. This is the the matchup of the blockbuster trade of the season right now. You know the, you know uh, you know the trade may decide who wins. You know is it, DK Metcalf and Duke Johnson going to outperform Aaron Jones? And Michael Thomas, who knows? I think that Michael Tom, I think, you know, Jameis Winston was, is going to sling it. I think he's, Sean Payton's going to protect him, but I don't think Jameis can't help himself. Um, so I think he's going to sling it. Um, I'm going echo with this one. So, sorry, Keegs, but uh, I think, I think he may pull it out. And I just, I, I don't like Duke or Melvin. I think your running backs need some help. But again, we're picking this Wednesday at about 9.50 p.m. Eastern time. But when we wake up tomorrow, Keegan may have made some backdoor deals in, in his mountain time two hours behind us here. So who knows? <laughs> All right, Grasso, what do you think? Um, it, this is a tough game. Um, I, I, I like that it's like, let's see who can be the least shitty. Um, not the least shitty, but like, is Kareem Hunt going to get a lot of touches if they're not on fire like they were last week? They're playing... Pittsburgh, you know, it's always a tough game versus Pittsburgh. Philadelphia. Um, oh, never mind. Um, Philadelphia. I was my contact was moved, so I just saw the PI. Um, but like, there's a lot of like boom bust on his team. I do not think that he's gonna throw the ball to Michael Thomas. I disagree with you, Wiener. Um, I think it's one of those things where if he fucks up, they're gonna tell him to sit down and they're gonna put Taysom Hill in. Because why? Why would you? Why would you jeopardize their run? They, he doesn't have to win a lot of hard games, and all he has to do is manage the ball. So manage not to throw the ball to the other team. So I don't think he's going to throw to Michael Thomas. Um, and Claypool is the same thing. Like you were talking about, it's a toss up. Anybody, anybody on that team can go off. Um, so I'm going with Keegan. Um, I think if he holds on to some players, I think he's DJ Moore is one of the more athletic people in the NFL. Uh, so I think Keegan's going to win this week. All right. And Keegan, how do you view your matchup? 
So I think it's worth noting that Echol and I have done some pretty big blockbuster trades in the past. And I think almost every time it's come out in my favor. He's, he's usually the, the type of guy that, that throws out some, uh, some risky moves, sees a lot of upside in players, and then it just turns, turns out to be shit for him. So uh, that's been in my favor. <laughs> um, but that said, uh, they, there could be a lot of moves happening in the next uh, 24 hours here. So uh, I think my team's probably going to look a lot different uh, before the matches start up. Um, or not. Who knows? I might just say, screw it. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's do it live and uh, go with the team I got right now. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't like Carson Wentz. Melvin Gordon could be better. Um, I don't, I don't hate him though. Really. Uh, I think Duke Johnson's got a lot of upside over the next few weeks um, with Dave Johnson outs. Um, you know, Jericho could be a little better, but DK and Will Fuller, Fuller, both solid wideouts. Those are going to be doing some, you know, some real justice for my team here. Um, I'm high on the Browns for the next uh, week or two. So I think I honestly on paper, I think I got a good team. I may make some small changes uh, this week and maybe make the, the bigger changes before the deadline next week. But um, who knows? Um, it's anyway's game. So I, I think uh, I, I, I'm going to go against the grain here where everybody votes against themselves. I'm going to vote. I'm, I'm going for the keys to success. That's where we're at. All right. Hey, thanks so, for the I, votes of confidence. Yo, no for those who can't see on the podcast, yo, no uh, fear. I just got some thumbs up from right. uh, Wiener and Grasso. Like a hey, you know, go you get, get him, him slugger. Like, <laughs> you get him slugger. You, you I mean, could, Doge picked himself as well. No, I didn't. Oh, well, normally you do. No, normally I do because I have mm-hmm. a better. I have one of the better teams in the league. I just can't win. <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. Uh, all right, so that that wraps up our sixth podcast i can't believe we've made it this far but here we are uh so keegan thank you for coming on with us tonight uh it was a great interview great picks uh we appreciate it and for greg marku and chris grasso i'm ben max reminding all of you to win your week i just dropped my headset that was that sound <laughs> you want to give that one another go or <laughs> all right yeah let, let me try that again all right uh <laughs> you only do one take here you can't really you gotta play this all the way through. i'll just try one more one more time all right for greg marcoon chris grasso i'm ben max reminding everybody to win your week <laughs>